welcome back to Through the Window Podcast. You are joined by co-host Joss, Max, and regular host Benjamin Lawton. Good evening, everyone. Hello, Ben. Hello. You, you're looking very swell today. Yeah, I just, you know, I just, I'm feeling a bit more comfortable today. You know, it's this has Good. to be my 50th, 60th podcast now, Oof. and I just am feeling a bit more comfy. A bit seasoned more, veteran. Good. Yeah, I'm just leaning back in the chair a bit. I'm ready to have a good convo with some good people about some great topics, and I'm looking forward to it, gents. Look at that. So for, corporate. For those listening on audio, Ben is laying back in his chair, microphone in hand, looking swell. I'm looking good, I'll tell you that. He's I'm looking, looking good. good. <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, we hope you all enjoyed the first tech episode. We thought we'd come back and do a second one um, with all three of us again. Come on. Max, you want to give us a little highlight from the last episode? So in the last episode, I spoke a little bit about the M1 Max and how ridiculous they are. Uh, I believe we actually had a breaking news segment of your certain electric vehicle. I believe that was teased. Drum roll. And Joss, I can't remember what you spoke about. I'm not going to lie. I spoke about... Meta. 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 Huge, huge topic, which is constantly evolving. Yeah, I want to say to you both, I've noticed now that when you open apps, it says meta and everything. It's weird, isn't it? I don't think was happening when we did that podcast, Which, but it's really odd. And every time I hear about Facebook in the media, it's always being called meta now, which I guess makes sense, but it's just so weird to see. A brand that big change. Can you imagine Google changing? It's like, oh, you you have to go and wiggle that. Yeah, not Google it. <laughs> I've seen loads of companies like looking to. Well, actually, I feel like it's just going to change everything. Like, there's so many companies that are now like, mm. just from that press conference, and obviously that was like a big. You know, they announced quite a lot of big things that they're going to trying to be implement, trying to implement. Um, but there's so many companies that are now initiating new projects to sort of fit in with that. Mm. It's, it's just going to build on all the. T- I don't know what I'm saying. Yeah. Since that, since that announcement <laughs> of the whole metaverse, has the reality of what that means sunk into e-review about what as our life is going to be one day? I keep seeing more and more things that I'm like, oh, I guess that's how it's going to be used. But I still don't see myself personally investing in it or using it to the degree that I think Facebook or Meta want you to. I think there is an element of similar to how I would imagine people kind of took on the first sort of phone or things like that. They're like, oh, but I just talked to my mates down the road. Like, I'm not going to use that that much. Mm. Yeah. Because this is, I would argue, the one thing in quite a long time, technology-wise, that is so vastly different to anything that we've experienced. I think that we just can't really wrap our head around what it's going to be like. Mm. And I think it's going to be one of those things that until it's actually there and you can use it, we won't understand. Yeah, I think that's very, very well put. Agreed. I'm so profound. <laughs> You're so <laughs> profound. Mate. Um, so yeah, uh, we've got a bunch of other topics today that we want to jump into, um, like last time. But to start off, I wanted to go for some quick fire, big headlines that I think have been happening in the tech world recently. Quick fire, quick fire. First quick one. Quick fire round. Whoop whoop. First one being that Alphabet, Google's parent company, uh, surpassed two trillion dollars in their valuation big money um which makes them the third u.s company to ever do that behind apple and microsoft um and their value doubled just in the pandemic alone alphabet yeah fuck me as the world went online their entire value doubled in like a year so they went from one trillion to two trillion yeah in in 12 months yeah that's insane that's like crypto gains imagine the I don't know how long Alphabet have been around, but imagine all the years before then, you're building up to a trillion, and then you just go and double it in 12 months. That's insane, isn't it? Yeah. I feel, like, I feel like the sort of lockdown period had such a massive effect on online businesses. There are so many like stories like that. It's like Tesla. Hmm. Like, that was like, what, 100, 200 quid at the start of lockdown? 750% it went up by. That's insane. Mm. Like For insane. a company that well-known and that big. Yeah. You know. Yeah. With the risk, it probably isn't that high mm. to get that kind of reward. So one of the reasons between Google being able to do this is YouTube brought in $7.2 billion just in ad revenue in the third quarter, mm. um, which I guess is more still people staying at home, working remotely, and w- learning online and stuff. Um, 7.2 in one quarter alone in ad revenue. That's insane. That's just YouTube. That's just from YouTube. So you, that's not even like 
all the Google business sections that they have the business and all of that and you know I think I grossly underestimate how much money is in YouTube ad revenue yeah yeah but then I suppose splitting it across because you always see like creators posting videos about how ad spend has obviously gone down and, like their ad revenue is going down slowly mm. but I suppose when you're splitting it like there's so many creators on YouTube to have sp- have to split that ad revenue like mm. I forget how much money YouTube are actually making or Google are actually making from that. Mm. And that's their, their biggest divisions is kind of their digital ads and then obviously now they're like cloud services, so Google Drive, Google Docs, all of that because I don't, I think I always forget how many companies and actually big companies just use Google services now. Um, I used to work for a company and they always used to have their own old systems and then one year they decided to go fully into Google and you think a big retail store doing that is a big move and that's just one company yeah but putting their you know hundreds of thousands of employees on that system that's a big money move for mm. for google to bring in so yeah pretty cool and just as a fun fact when google first went public in 2004 they were valued at 23 billion so in 17 years they're now at two trillion you know the number trillion right yeah we should dissect how big that is when you think like you have a thousand let's say i give you a thousand pound right you times that by a thousand you get a million right Mm -hmm. you times that one million by a thousand again you get a billion right then you have a billion and like you can kind of comprehend how large a billion is times that by a thousand again that's a trillion and it's like (laughs) and there's people who can't eat and there's there's companies with like astronomical amounts of wealth like that's like money you can't even begin to comprehend like you can't i mean ov- obviously that that's their like evaluation like they don't like google doesn't have two trillion in the, in bank, the, bank. In the yeah. bank yeah but just that as a number like you you cannot comprehend how big that is and how much i wonder how much is the google ceo oh, I forget he must be his doing name. bits he's insane though if you put a trillion pound into a savings account and it gives you 1% every year, it will give you £10 billion a year. 1%. I reckon you could live off that interest rate, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> you, you can't <laughs> live off that, something's wrong. It's just, it's too high, man. It's too damn high! <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you think at this rate, and I think you mentioned it in the last podcast, with Elon's wealth rapidly increasing, do you think we're going to see a trillionaire within the next... 10 years by 2030 by 2030 yeah right? yeah because i mean someone worked out the maths i saw on a youtube video that jeff bezos if even if he doesn't invest any more money if he just goes at this, this scale of growth that he's going at now mm. and doesn't do anything else he will hit a trillion by the time he's like b- before he dies wow but there's got to be a plateau surely nah because money breeds money mm, what's going to yeah. happen is it's it's going to it's going to indefinitely scale and the 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 gap between poor and rich will become bigger again, like yeah. it was back in in the olden times of <laughs> castles and peasants. But it'll be it'll, yeah. it'll be crazy because debt. And the thing is, debt's going to multiply just as quick. The more debt you get in, the worse the debt gets, right? Yeah. But the more money you have, the quicker it grows. So that's why the the, the difference is so toxic. Yeah. A trillion. <laughs> it's insane, isn't it's, it? Yeah. Yeah. Tax the rich. Yeah. All of that. And all that stuff. I've no idea what the answer is, but there has, no. something has to I've be done. I've no something idea. Has to be done. I'll leave that to the people that know what they're on about. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, next quick fire topic for you is a weird one about streaming services. Um, Come on. The main article that I read from Morning Brew, which I highly advise everyone subscribes to because it's a really good condensed way to get the news, not sponsored. Morning um, Brew. Morning Brew, yeah. Thank you, Josh. It's like a newsletter, and they Very just condense good. loads of finance and business stuff. Um, but yes, it's about Disney Plus slowing down in their subscribers and kind of the whole streaming platform, uh, sorry, whole streaming kind of space slowing down in general. Um, so after adding 12, 9, and 21 million subscribers in the previous three quarters, analysts at Disney predicted that they would add uh, 10 million additional new subscribers in the last quarter, but they only added 2.1 million, which is a pretty drastic drop from 10. Um, so 75% under target. That's yes, nuts. <laughs> Good maths. Well, that's, you love percentages. Well, that's basic mate. maths, but that's pretty. That's yeah. like, oh, sorry. oh, we've only missed it by like 75%. 
Yeah. So or we're one quarter of what we should be. That's terrible, Joss. It is terrible. If you that's, can you imagine, like, if I like, come into work and, and you're like, I'm sorry, Joss, I only got round to doing 25% of my emails today. Mm. Why? Yeah. It's like coming in and saying, sorry, 25%, no, 75% of my client base has just dropped off overnight. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Can't pay this month, I'm afraid. <laughs> um, and so that brings Google to a total of 118 million, which is still a heck of a lot, um, behind Netflix's 213 million, which I would still say is pretty damn good because Disney Plus has been around, what, a maximum of two years? I think it launched um, in the March of lockdown. There you go. There was a lot of hype around timing. it. Yeah. yeah. Are you guys members of Disney Plus? I am. I'm not. Ooh. I'm not. My girlfriend is, though. She likes it a lot, I think, because you can watch, I think you can watch Family Guy on it. Or There's something. Family Guy, mm. Simpsons. Uh, they launched that new, it's called like Star, isn't it? Yeah. Where they bought loads of other shows. It's got the Star Wars on it as well. It's got Star Wars, it's got Marvel. That. I feel like it's one of those ones where I think I wanted to watch, oh, I got told that I needed to watch Adventure Time, because apparently it's unreal. Yeah. Um, I did actually really enjoy it, but I could only watch it on Disney Plus. So there was like a period where I got Disney Plus for like two months or three months, watched a bit of Adventure Time, and was like, "Binged it." There's nothing really else on here that I want to watch, so sacked it off. But do you, would you argue that the hype around Disney Plus has kind of died down now? I'd say I'd say it comes in waves, like any streaming platform. I, I guess mm-hmm. so. I don't. I don't think it needs hype anymore. I think it's a big whale now, like Netflix. Yeah, like it's definitely not, up there. It's not so much like hype anymore. It's yeah. just like an, it's a it, you know. Would you rather like Netflix is obviously the one you want above everything else, right? Mm. But then would you rather have all the all the content on Amazon Prime or all the content on Disney Plus? For me, I'd rather have Disney Plus. So yeah. Disney Plus is the second best one, I think. One hundred percent, I agree with you. And maybe that's just the content that we watch. Yeah, um, completely. And I'm, a, and I'm like, we're like young men, you know. <laughs> we're not like kids who are into like fairies. Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe you're into thing. fairies, Joss. I don't, I don't want to speak on your behalf about what you like and don't like, Joss. If you like fairies, no, no, I'm completely on board with you. But I guess the thing is as well, I don't really know any young parents, but I imagine most young parents are having to pay for this Disney Plus subscription because they can't get their kids' favourite shows and films on any other platform anymore. Dan, you're a young parent. How do you survive <laughs> with it? He hasn't got a microphone. Hasn't got a microphone. <laughs> That's great. He well, said it's great. So it's great. Enjoys it for the kids. Fantastic. Would you rather imagine... Cast your mindset into that of a young parent. Mm. Would you rather spend... That was me casting, sorry. <laughs> nice. Um, would you rather spend your money on Netflix, Amazon Prime, and Disney Plus? Or let's say Netflix and Disney Plus. Or get a TV subscription box thing for your kids to watch children's TV? Ah, Disney Plus. The streaming services, hands down. Disney Plus. It's just yeah. easy... Just so easy. easy. I've seen a lot of people talking about it now, and I am still yet to have to get a TV subscription. I don't think I ever will. Yeah, I can't imagine like Netflix or like no, Sky no, no, like, like, like Sky. Yeah, yeah I have like traditional had one. television. I don't think I'd ever. I have. I have no reason to. I've never had one. Really? Ever since I moved out, I never had one. Just Hot, had Netflix and stuff. Hot Just topic in the office: TV license. TV license. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Obviously, we won't go into that because you know none of us watch. Well, I don't watch BBC or any of the above, so I don't need a TV yeah, can license. Can we move on? This is getting yeah. a bit sticky now. Uh, <laughs> so this Disney Plus slowdown isn't actually just an exclusive to Disney Plus, which is quite interesting. I want to play a little game. Uh, take a guess at how many new subscribers Netflix have added this year. Bearing in mind we've had Squid Game, new season of Sex Education which is arguably one of their biggest original shows. And obviously Squid is it really? Game. Sex Education is pretty biggest, huge, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. Squid Game big. is obviously their biggest um, show mm-hmm. in history. I think it's actually just been overtaken, but um, yeah. And Tiger King Season 2. 25 million. Maximus? I'm going to up that and go 50 million. Dan, through the window, can you give me a guess? 2 million. 20 million. 20 people. 88,000. What? That is the number of new, new subscribers. New subscribers in to a Netflix year? this year. Yeah. In this year alone, that's how many they've added, which is down from 6 million in 2020 and 3 million in 2019. Only 88,000. Is that because there's that many people who are just on it now? Uh, that's what I was going to ask you. Mm. I think that's probably why it is. I feel like everyone, everyone now it. either uses it. someone for Netflix or pays for Netflix themselves. Do you have the total subscriber number? How many they currently have? Uh yes, it's 
213 million. And they've only oh added 88,000 to that this year. Ben, what is 213 <laughs> million times eight? What, about two, about two bill. Just under two bill. Maybe like 1.92 mil. 1.93 mil. 1.93 bill, I'd say. You're doing the maths. You're working it out. Um, Come on, feet, don't fail me now. 2.8, two, oh, God. <laughs> Content. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just thought that was an absolutely nuts figure to share. I got the numbers wrong. Was it? What was I it? 234 the... million? What? How many? How many? <laughs> <laughs> too many numbers. Million. Oh, 213? Oh, million. yeah, it's more like 1.6 bill then. Ah, so I did 2 million, 230. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> We're getting lost in the source here, boys. Um, um, so, yeah, I just wanted to share that statistic because I thought it was absolutely nuts. Just under two billion. the biggest show come out and they're pumping so much into their originals, they've had so few uptake in subscribers. Dan, can you do um, <laughs> 7.5 billion divided by 213 million? I don't know why I didn't. What? Just... A billion. <laughs> Divided by 213 million. 213 million. 213 million, Dan. It's like he's falling asleep back there. Right. Um, 35. 35. 35. <laughs> right, so, <laughs> right, so roughly, there's roughly 3% of the world's population have Netflix. Mad. 3%. That means if you get 100 people in a room, three of them have Netflix. That's not that many. That's not that many. I think that more so puts into perspective just no. how many people there are in the world. Yeah. <laughs> very, very true. And also, I suppose, like, you know, I have a Netflix subscription, um, which my family may or may not use, <laughs> who I live with in my house. <laughs> um, so that's like, you know, that's potentially five people on one account. So if there's 213 million. Let's just do a mm. basic assumption. It's going to be like three or four times that. Mm. So we're near a billion people have Netflix, which seems a lot more accurate. <laughs> Which is funny because I wonder if they will try and make a push in. I don't, I don't know how they could police that of like getting more money out of people when you can add more pro- multiple profiles. Can they limit you to one profile per payment? They can't really take that away once they've given it to you. I don't know if they have it in the states, but they should definitely have like a 4K Netflix subscription where you pay that extra for. They do. They do have that already. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because oh, you, you can. There's definitely one because I've noticed my Netflix subscription has like creeped up over the years. Like I think it started on like five pound a month, and now it's at something ridiculous. Um, but yeah, <laughs> nine thousand no, pounds. <laughs> a year. It's a billion pounds a year. Um, no, but it, it you could. There's like a subscription where if you're watching it, someone else can't. Like there's only one person allowed on it at any time. Um, and then there's ones where you can get all the really high resolution 4K stuff. I'm pretty sure. Because they shoot everything 4K anyway. Yeah. So you're just unlocking the full potential of that. It's like Tesla heated seats. There we go. New topic. <laughs> Do you want to tease that? you got a Tesla or? coming. Uh, well, I don't know if we said it last. Did we say it last time? You did. did yeah. We just say it. Okay, yeah. There's a Tesla on order, which arrives in two weeks today. Cool. And our next tech podcast, our next tech-related podcast, will be inside said Tesla. That is exciting. While we're driving backwards down the M4. Oh, my God. <laughs> that would be stationary. Stationary. Autopilot. Stationary. Doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> the final topic, I, little topic I wanted to jump into uh, was Black Friday. It is currently the Wednesday after Black Friday. Um, and How's everyone's bank accounts just before we get into it? I didn't. Oh, uh, yeah, actually. Amber did all the Christmas shopping last week. Good. Nice. Get some deals? I think so, yeah. Smart. Mate. Yours? Uh, I didn't spend anything. Really? I didn't buy a thing. <laughs> Rocky <era>. Wow. <laughs> Rocky era. Did you, Max? I was I was really, really holding off. Like, genuinely, I was really holding off. I was like, every year I fall for it. Big rip. Back on. Hello, we are back. <laughs> Hi everyone, welcome back to the Black Friday podcast. The Black Friday podcast. Do you want to just go from like where you were? You were holding off. Yes, so every year I always try and hold off from buying things on Black Friday, but the deals are just too good and the people that create marketing algorithms clearly know how to get into my head. Um, so I bought an Amazon Alexa thinking that it would come next day delivery because Amazon Prime, but no, 
because everyone else had the same idea I did and it's going to come in December at the end of December which I'm a bit gutted about well, I bought some light bulbs as well what? no one, no one wants to hear about my stuff man I do mate Full bars? Full bars, apparently. Jason Zerulo. Walk away, yay, yay. And we're back. I can't don't I can't remember where we got up to, but yeah, I I'd spent some money. I spent some money. Not that much though, like twenty quid. So that's a win in my book. Well, that's not too bad, Max. Yeah, well, I was still upset. My bank account was also upset. (laughs) I'm upset. 20 paychecks (laughs) on my Amazon account. Um, And then a little bit on kind of Black Friday and spending. Spending actually declined online for the first year in Black Friday history. It's always been on an upwards trend. And this year was the first that it's gone down. So people didn't spend more this year? No. Do you think it's because they've had a whole year of buying stuff online? I would assume so, yeah. So last year in 2020, people spent nine billion over Black Friday. Nine billion, and this year it was 8.9. So not much less. Oh, okay, but come it's on, still gone down. Yeah, it's still dipped. Um, and in store was obviously up because of COVID last year. It's 47.5 percent higher, um, but I assume that was kind of expected because no COVID, no COVID. Everyone's itching to get back up. Do you believe that Black Friday is still a time for consumers to make profit or to make a good deal, a bargain? Or has it now turned into a market employee for people just to get ripped off for the exact same price? A bit of both, I think. I think the latter. The latter. Does one of you want to lead with your topics? Yes, sir, I can go. Yeah, so thanks for speaking, Joss. Um, (laughs) It's time for Pappy to take over now, and we have got some vigorous stats for you. Jeez. Um, I'm not sure if you guys have watched it yet. I did ask you both to watch it, so if you haven't, then it's going to be upsetness from my part. But no, I'm just kidding. Um, The Mr. Squid Game Beast video. (laughs) Sorry, the Mr. Beast video where he recreates the whole Squid Game Mm. in a warehouse. Every single game. Can we pull some pictures up, please, Dan? Yes, Dan. Can you do a job? Um, So how this this start, you're going to ask? Well, I'm going to tell you, ladies and gents. Go for it. He posted a video on TikTok saying, if this TikTok gets 10 million likes, I'll recreate the show. Jesus. Anyway, he hit 18 million likes in two days. So he had to do it. It was the will of the people. Democracy manifest. Um, So he obviously, if you haven't seen Squid Game, it's like a... It's, you know, there's like 10 rounds. It starts with 140... There's a... Sorry. I'm just going to start this bit again. Reload. Um, How Squid Game works is you have 456 people who are all in deep, deep debt in Korea. And they all get targeted to come on this game show, this private game show held by private investors for the entertainment of very rich individuals. And every round of this game, there's a high chance that you'll die because it's very dangerous. And if you make it for all the way through to the end, you win something astronomical like $40 million. Anyway, so Mr. Mr. Beast recreates this game and all the games that go with it. And he has 456 contestants, 456 random people. So nearly 500 people compete in this game, come to this warehouse, signing waivers and everything. And yeah. the prize pool is $456,000 for the winning person. Um, Jesus. There was zero deaths. <laughs> but the way he did it, ironically, he had like, um, they had like this machine that was on everyone's stomach. And if, if ever, at any point they were out, the, the, the stomach thing would like, like a paintball, like pop. And yeah. then their t-shirt would turn a color. And you'd know that they're out. Like wow, the green light, the green light, red light thing at the start. They literally had these things in the stomach. So when when it was red light, if there was any motion on their body, oh my god, they'd be caught. So that's so cool. I yeah. was wondering. Cause I haven't I haven't watched the video yet. Mm. Um, but I was wondering how they would do that. I wonder if it was like a laser quest kind of thing. I guess <laughs> a similar principle. Well, I thought it'd be funny if they had like fifteen paintball snipers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know? That's what that's what I was thinking. Um, yeah, so that was pretty crazy. He hit, you know, at the time of writing my notes for it, which was yesterday, there was 122 million views. 
on the YouTube video, which actually is more views than the actual show. Mm. Um, so, you know, it just, begs, it just begs to differ. Like, you know, what is the point of making TV shows anymore? <laughs> which is okay. Well, Mr. Beast could just trump your yeah. TV show like that. This like, young kid from America can just make shows like this. Mm. Um, the cost to produce said video. Go on. Do you guys, do you guys know the number? I don't. I off don't. the top of my head. Have a, have a guess. Not, in, not including prize pool. Not including so just production costs to make all the scenes, have kit, you know crew kit. I guess insurances. It's got to be a couple of mil. Yeah, easy. Two million dollars to produce the video, Jeez. and then he gave away one point five mil in prizes. So overall Wait, cost is three point five million dollars. I bet he's already. I would love to know what like his CPM is on YouTube, and it's like twenty quid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the so. On 122 Gosh. million views, on like if you were to do, then this is a conservative guess, um, based on the stats and how uh, how much money he makes in other videos. He's not going to make more than like 200, 300 grand from the video. Really? How many views Easy. did you say? Yeah, it's got 122 million. It's yesterday. got 131 now. Right, so it's gone up by nine mil already. I yeah. remember seeing him tweet about it on the day that it was going up. And him saying, "Jesus oh. Christ, <laughs> it's going to drop soon." And then I saw it drop, and I looked at YouTube ten minutes later, and it was already on like seven million views within ten minutes. Something oh ridiculous my like God. that. It's the fastest growing YouTube video, excluding movie trailers or music videos, or wow. YouTube rewinds. Because you, YouTube great just, content. YouTube just puts that on the top yeah, of the algorithm. Yeah. Jesus. Yes, and it took a month to build. There was a month construction for this video. You know. Wow. He's not making a profit on this. So would he be doing that? Whilst filming other videos, yeah, if it took a month, yeah, that's insane. He must have a team around him just organising this. But like the the game shows that he made within the game are very very similar. Like you don't walk into these these games and you think, oh, this is like a knockoff of what Squid Game was. It looks almost identical. So it's like a lot of planning and a lot of like commitments gone into making it look yeah the exact same as the game show. Yeah, I think you were saying earlier, Max. Like he's a an amazing individual. The amount that he puts into his videos he reinvests it all doesn't he yeah everything he makes philanthropy, goes back into it yeah he's got loads of different youtube channels he's got like a gaming channel and mm. a philanthropy channel and all of the money he makes goes is is he, he tries to give away Fair he's, play to he's him. got to be like the most one of the most dedicated creators on the platform i'd say so yeah the content is, measure that but the content i think is the pinnacle of clickbait yeah, yeah. because because yeah. it's like oh we remade Squid Game, and you click on the video, it's like, oh my god, they've actually remade Squid Game. The interesting thing as well is, I remember seeing a Twitter conversation between him and another YouTuber, I can't remember who, but he and his kind of team that are usually with him in his videos, they went out and made a, like, Seven Wonders of the World video. Like They went to all these different locations all over the world, and they never posted it. Why? Because he wasn't happy with the end result. And if it doesn't meet kind of his specification as to what's going to make a good video he's not going to post it yeah i've heard similar things so imagine putting in all that effort and going to all these places and filming the whole video and editing it and then it's like nah this isn't good good enough well it's right it's It's right though isn't it yeah he's doing it right everyone should be doing that um yeah it just it it just shows you what you can do without gatekeepers or bureaucracy small time creators i mean you can't really call mr beast a small time creator anymore but if you compare him to like you know Pinewood Studios, like big time um, content creators, uh, they can make waves. It's the power of YouTube, you know. He yeah. can, he, it's, you know, think how long that the, the the director or the owner of Squid Game. It took him ten years to get the idea to fruition, and then you probably got what a year of production to actually yeah. film the series. Mr. Beast will then spend a month building it and filming it, and mm. then put a video out, and it ascertains more views in the space of a week than the game, the Squid Game, did in three four months. Yeah. A guy from YouTube who started his YouTube career by counting to 100,000 on a live video stream. Yeah, that's a very Dan's good point. just raised a good point by typing on the TV. Is it not morally wrong that he ripped a series like that? Well, it's a yeah. good point, Dan. Um, it's a good point. And I think the argument is he did say thank you cause to the, the owner of Squid Game because it inspired him to do it. And obviously it's his full idea. Um, I guess that's that's where it stands. It's like this video 
wouldn't have done well if Squid Game wasn't a thing and wasn't a success. Yeah. He also and also like he made the video after saying if this video gets ten million likes I'll do it and like nearly double twenty million people said we want you to make it. So it's like he's doing it for the community, I guess, at that point. Yeah. Yeah, for in, sure. In the video, does he reference... Yeah, at the end. He says, thank you to um, whatever his name is. Obviously, you're the complete inspiration to why okay. we made this video. And it wouldn't have happened unless you had made Squid Game. If you haven't seen the series, go watch it now. So there's, there's, I'd say that's fair enough. It's a huge honour to him, but yeah. like, it is a complete copycat. Yeah. Yeah. I like, yeah. It's amazing. It is really impressive. Fair play to him. Can you imagine if he was your little brother, <laughs> Mr. Beast? Yeah. It'd be I'd be weird, wouldn't so it? So annoyed. Just off to work while Mr. Beast is making Squid Games. Squid Games. Making the Squid Games. How would you reckon you would have fared in Squid Game, Joss? What round do you reckon Before you would have made? Before I answer that, how the hell did he approach the builders to build those sets? <laughs> <laughs> Where, was, by the way, I'm going to recreate <laughs> Squid Game. Where did you find the crews to do that? <laughs> have you seen Squid Game? Yes. I want that. <laughs> One in a month. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't think I would have been great. To be perfectly honest, in Squid Game, I think I would have. If I could make it past the biscuit round, I'd been. I reckon I would have been okay, but I reckon I would have fucked the biscuit round. <laughs> if not, um, I reckon I would have battered my best mate on marbles. No problem. I'm pretty good at marbles. Dan knows. Oh yeah. Uh, but then obviously the you know the, the tightrope thing when you got to jump on the glass. Brilliant game. That. Before that though, the first game. Yes. Red light, green light. You get in there. You don't know what the situation is here. And then people are getting shot around you. Do you think you can hold your cool then and stay still? Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I think I think survival instincts kick in. And like, I don't know if you know this, Joss, but like, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty <laughs> fleet footed. Like I can, I can shift when I want to and I can stop when I want to. I can't run distances like our Danny boy can. But I tell you what, the distances I can move on, I'm, I stop start like a Land Rover, mate. I think it's the agility thing for me. Yeah. Like I would, I'd be running full pelt to try and get to the front, or try and get like as far as possible. I wouldn't be able to stop like instantly and stay like like properly still. I get sniped, quit scoped. I can see you yeah. just doing like barrel rolls, just yeah, just have a bit of a laugh, really, just dodge bullets. It's all fun, isn't it? Go bullet time, like Matrix <laughs> and that, you know. Just roll. Whoa, bullet time! <laughs> Whoa, bullet time! God, you're so cute. Thanks, Max. Where do you reckon you would have got to on those good games? Um, I, to be honest, I reckon I would have been out on the cookie cut one. Um, if not, I reckon I would have smashed the tug of war. Yeah. But. Mate, you're huge. Oh, yeah. Cheers, mate. <laughs> I reckon, for that. Um, no, I reckon, I, de- I definitely would not have made it to the end. Like 100%. But then I think I'd be too scared to even go, even if I was in that much debt. Ironically, in the in Mr. Beast video, four, five, six, the main character in the actual Squid Games makes it to the last three. Really? Yeah, he's in That's the last three. That's cool. And, Maybe it's rigged. and Mr. Beast says, "Like, I'm really glad he got knocked out because otherwise it would look seriously scripted." <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, he's not wrong. Anyway, Max Boy, on to you. We have good news. Do we? Yeah, we do. Big good news. Go on. So, I don't know if anyone has tried to buy literally anything over the last year, um, but probably the case has been that you can't because there aren't enough chips. True. Soon come, though. Because Ford have partnered with various chip makers to boost the amount of manufacturing, which means that Ben can have his Tesla in two weeks' time. It's already going to be there. Shout out, Ford. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I might actually be able to buy a PS5 in the next 10 years. Come on. So, yeah, massive. Um, So Ford have partnered with the chip company. Yeah, basically Ford have been like, yeah, this chip shortage shortage is quite long. Uh, Let's fix it. (laughs) In the words Uh, of Ford himself. Yeah, of Mr. Ford. Um, So, yeah, they're going to be, I think it's been a uh, recent partnership, so... It's probably going to take a, like a month or two or a few months to kick in, but so there's going to be more manufacturers to make chips now. Yeah, more. Why is it taking so long for that to happen? Because mm. you know they were waiting for a meeting and then COVID and then Zoom went down and like you things know, are long. Yeah, things are just long. Um, but yeah, shout out Ford uh, for getting involved and meaning that I can play PlayStation. Again. Are you going to get a PlayStation Five? Hopefully, when it when I can. Um, 
but yeah, the whole chip shortage is just ridiculous. Mm. That's why like used cars have gone up so much because they can't get hold of chips and stuff. Why has it happened? COVID. COVID. Is it to do with like mining and stuff for the materials? It's or? Like, yeah, if you like. Yeah, go on. <laughs> <laughs> it's mad that it's affecting so many industries though. Because I remember with Ford, I remember seeing a photo, like probably this time last year, of a bunch of Ford F one fifties just sat on loads of land and all they needed was this one chip mm. but they couldn't ship them without it and it's like thousands and thousands of cars just yeah. waiting to go it's been awful mate because I've had to have my fish without the chips come on Ooh. 10 out of 10 come on 10 out of 10 Dan shaking his head <laughs> <It's> <laughs> <a> bad <laughs> joke <laughs> but I think to be fair it is you know it's good for Ford as well because they're partnering with all these chip makers which means they're probably going to get great rates when it comes to implementing that tech into their cars, and it means that they'll probably get the newest tech into their cars. Mm. So it makes complete sense for them to do it. And I guess they get priority over everyone else because they're the ones fronting some of the costs. Exactly. Can you say great rates again? Great rates. Oh, sounds good when you say it. <laughs> great rates. Um, <laughs> okay, I just tried. To see that. That was my, that was my big topic. Um, What's your small topic? There's no such thing as small topics, right? <laughs> I'm average size. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lol. So I kind of want to talk about NFTs because they are blowing up at the moment. Nice. Um, and I've got one big question, and that is, do you believe the hype? I think I read a stat somewhere saying that it was like 90% of NFT projects that will start this year and next are just going to be scams. Yeah. I think there's a lot of money to make in them, yeah. uh, but also like, I think all the crypto bro, yeah. giga chad community has now moved into NFTs. And for me, I don't know. It, I just don't. I don't want to get into it. I don't feel safe getting into it. Same with crypto, man. It just it feels like reckless gambling at this yeah. point. Unless you're going to buy mm. something from a very well established, like if Banksy bought out NFTs, I think that's a really good buy. Yeah, but. Unless if it's someone like, oh, here's this ape that I designed that's smoking a spliff in a, in a satellite. You know, what was it? What were those crazy apes that NFTs yeah. that went for loads? I can't remember what the name of them are. It's an astronaut. Are... It's an astronaut ape who's smoking like a joint in a satellite, yeah. and it went for billion, like millions, sorry, not billions or trillions. I'm pretty sure they're developed in software as well because I saw a TikTok thing and um, I read it somewhere online that they artists can develop a character. Let's say, so let's say we take a, I'm not going off the ape thing. We take a, a. a lion and we make a graphic of a line you can mm. put it in software and the software will churn out 30 different versions of this lion and then you just put them all on on it on as nfts and you sell them each for a billion pounds and you've made 30 billion pounds do you know what nft stands for joss non fungible token come on come on look Gold at that. star for joss what I, what, sorry, sorry what i don't understand is a lot that i see coming out are like 8-bit style little avatars. Mm. Why aren't there more like big grand pieces of art that are doing it? Or are there and they're just not getting the hype? It's that. So there are. there's a lot of... So I think a lot of online creators, photographers, graphic designers, VFX artists are now putting their work out as NFTs. I think the ones that seem to be getting the hype and all the you know retweets and stuff like that are these 8-bit sort of right. style. It's definitely, you know... a a certain style that gets the hype but okay. there's a lot of like actually very 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 talented creators and very good photographers that are putting their work out as nfts have either of you wow. got an nft i did think about putting them out but again you like realistically unless you're mr beast or unless you're so got... you gonna put some out to sell or you no. gonna make your own nfts or you're gonna buy some oh no i would no I wouldn't. I thought about making them myself, like yeah. just turning my photos into NFTs. Yeah. But realistically, no one's going to buy them because no one knows me, yeah. and no one wants. Not yet, Max. Well, no. I feel like they're great if you've got a platform already. Yeah. If mm. you're a, a YouTuber with two million subscribers and you say, "Oh, here, buy my NFT," someone will buy it. Yeah. But yeah, no. Would you consider buying one, Joss? I think with NFTs, the thing that I like in my head is you know that one day we can have like interactive or digital frames that we hang on our walls to show yeah. off for nfts yeah but again i don't i think i think the industry or, or the the drummer of nfts needs to be more established before i'd feel safe looking at it it seems a bit toxic at the moment yeah i feel like it's quick buck isn't it i feel like i'm only gonna buy something like that if i actually only like it anyway yeah like i'm not gonna 
I wouldn't buy a piece of artwork for my house that I don't like the look of. Mm. So I'm not going to buy an NFT anyway, because at some point I'm going to want to be able to display that yeah. when we have these digital frames that you can change all your NFTs on. So it'd have to be like a really nice piece of artwork, I think, for me to want to buy it. I would liken it to sort of like Patreon. Like if a creator that I've been mm. following for years comes out with an NFT and it's reasonably priced and I can afford it, then maybe I would buy that to put in my yeah, online, my, my digital picture frame. Yeah. But I think I wouldn't buy it to be like, oh, I'm going to buy this and then sell it for £6 million in two years time yeah. or like two months yeah but dan can we bring up that picture that i sent you please so this is an nft believe it or not give me a rough estimate of what this costs you know you're not oh. allowed to screenshot them right that's illegal you stole that no it's mine i bought it oh okay seriously yeah seriously no. oh. <laughs> um what is it first it is bumblebee from transformers yeah but he's wearing like a bomber jacket yeah Sick. He's styling. Who is it made? <laughs> is it made by Transformers or is it made by? I I, I could not tell you. How much is it worth? Uh, that's the batshit thing. Who knows? That could be two pounds. That could be two hundred thousand pounds. This is the thing. Ballpark. I, I'm just going to go crazy for the sake of it. Five mil. Right. Five hundred grand. Okay. Logan Paul bought this NFT. Oh, no. This one right here for six hundred and twenty-three thousand pounds. $1,000, sorry. Why? Because he likes the look it's of it. It's rad, bro. Is yeah. it? Guess like how much it's worth now. How much? Guess. Two mil? £4,000. Really? He tweeted it. Who, did, like, who determines the wealth for these things? He tweeted it saying, and you can find the tweet, it's online, um, saying, you know, it was like a subtle flex, although it wasn't subtle because he put how much he paid for it in the tweet. Uh, basically saying that he bought this NFT and like, oh, jump on NFTs, it's going to go bang. Like, you guys need to get on this, and it's now worth four thousand dollars. But who determines how much that thing's worth if it's going to sell for six hundred grand? That's like, can tell you. Can you, that's like, that's like, imagine buying a house for six hundred grand, and then like you get it valued, and the estate agent's like, oh, it's worth four grand now, mate. Yeah. It's like who, f- fucking, who says that? Yeah. That's what I don't understand. Is there like a, a marketplace for NFTs, or because they're backed by like? blockchain right is yeah. that how the whole system works yeah like who yeah i think so that's it... that's that's how you prove ownership right so does logan then for example try and sell it and he's only able to get four grand for it or is it kind of interest in it or interest in that artist this just feels mate like people just trying to make money that's exactly what it is rather than like people appreciating art 100 percent Hundred percent. Glow Gang, one hundred and seventy-eight dollars to nine hundred to ninety-nine million dollars. And there's four thousand of them. We're live. Okay, Dan's now has a mic. Everybody's going to talk to us about NFTs. Hello, so Dan. I, Dan, you've been doing a bit I, of research about NFTs. Is that right? You know a bit about them now. Yeah, I actually own one. Do you? Yeah. Have you really? bought one? Yeah. Do you fuck? I do. Go on then. I own um, a an NFT by an artist called Tracy Emin. Really? Yeah. She's huge, mate. For me, it's like I now own a piece of her artwork, which I'd never be able to buy. I'd never be able to buy a physical copy of it, but I've got expensive. an NFT. Can you show us the NFT you have? Uh, yeah, two secs. Get your NFT out. Everyone take a photo of it quick. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dan, is this an NFT that she released multiple quantities of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So How many versions did she release? Uh, like a couple thousand of each one. She's wow. she's pretty huge, though, isn't she? She's yeah, very, very massive. well known. yeah, yeah. Oh, mate, that's so nice. But for now, it's £60. I thought 60 quid is not really that much. Who knows, you know, who knows where it can go. But you just download a 4K video of this. So it's an animation. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. What do you do with it? What have you done with it? You just have it. It just sits in your wallet like um, crypto. That's amazing. Oh, it's a 30-second clip then. Oh, wow. So you can display this, I guess, on a TV or something. Mm. And you said this sits in a wallet? Yeah, so you sit it in a wallet like... Um, like so it's not yeah, like you like thought you could format your hard drive and you just lose your £60 forever? No, no, no. It's, it's like online. Wow. So could could you... Say you get one of these digital frames. Could you download it as an MP4 and then then display it? Or would you have to kind of... Yeah, I think I can download I can download the MP4 uh, 4K video of it yeah. and then hold it locally um, to display. But it also is stored up on wherever That's really in cool. this wallet. Are you, are you planning to display that at all? I guess so. It'd be nice to. Yeah. I don't know how or where, but... That's the cool thing about it, though, is you can have digital mm. art that you can display like that. I think the like issue that. I have with them is that 
a lot of people online are, especially on Twitter, um, are putting these pictures out and, you know, boasting it, their returns and how amazing it is and how everyone needs to get on it mm-hmm. when they're not actually... Well, there's very little online about the losses that people are making, and it's similar across stocks, it's similar across Forex, all of that stuff. Everyone wants to tell you about the wins, but no one wants to tell you about the losses. And $600,000 down to $4,000 is a pretty big loss. Mm. And that's on Logan Paul. He makes a lot of losses. He makes a lot of losses. All a bit mental. Um, And that is all I had. Wow. I had to get involved with it. Yeah. I mean, for Dan's sake... Not for Dan's sake, but I, I completely understand why Dan has purchased one. That's like similar to what I was saying about Patreon. Like you love yeah. the work, you you, you love yeah. the work. It's, it's the like, only chance you're gonna get potentially to own a piece of their work. You buy an art yeah. for the art, not for the investment. Yeah. And and you know, with that Tracy M and only making a couple thousand, like that's similar, I guess, to like Banksy only mm-hmm. releasing a couple thousands of these prints. Yeah. And in ten years' time that could be worth bank. Dan might be able to pay off his mortgage. You planning to sell it, Dan? Nah, probably not going to sell it. Although <laughs> I, I had a conversation yesterday with um, Andy about it, about NFTs. And he was saying like, with the whole world going like metaverse, all of us going online, you're building your own, you know, profile, your own, you know, personality online. And when you're in the metaverse, you'll be able to display your, your artwork, your NFTs on your walls within your metaverse. And it's almost like, it's not like a flex, but it kind of is like, it's showing who you are. So I could go to Max's profile, learn about him by his NFTs that are sitting on his walls and shit like that. So I think think in the future, you you think about how quick the internet has moved. You know, we've got the internet and that's only happened in the past, what, 20 years? Mm, Mate, where's the metaverse going? How much, how much online are we going in the future? Mm. It could happen in the next five years. And in that time we could, um, like you know we all know like we could wake up put these goggles on and you'll be working from home in a metaverse yeah with art around your room that is you've bought you know online it all circles back to that like we have no idea yeah yeah like we have no idea how this is going to be used or like yeah. how adopted this is going to become this might be like we might look back on this conversation in 10 years time and be like why didn't i buy that nft God, off logan paul months. for four grand yeah. is this like a Bitcoin in 2010 right now. Is that what we're doing? Not That's what Gary Vee keeps telling me. Who knows? It is. Who knows? Apparently. That's the thing. He does say that, doesn't he? All the time. Every single time it comes off my For You page on TikTok. It's like, you've got to buy an NFT, Max. Buy it now. <laughs> buy it <laughs> now. Max! And then I see a Black Friday deal and I'm like, oh, I've got to buy one. <laughs> yeah, it's sick. I guess it's only, well, it'd be cool if, with obviously, with Meta and the Metaverse, if like, there's now, or in the next five, ten years, there's a place on Instagram and Facebook where you can display your NFTs. Maybe we How should cool make, that? like, an NFT, an Otter NFT. Maybe like we a should. Vlog 100 NFT. Dan's doing a nod as if he's already yeah, had that I, idea. I think as you were talking about it, I was like, we should definitely design an Otter wearing something. Camera Otter <laughs> oh, NFT. Right. Come on. Exclusive. <laughs> we'll be able to buy it. You'll be able to buy it on Fire up Premier Pro. Let's do it. <laughs> nice. Onto... So I was just buying an NFT. <laughs> <laughs> onto the final topic for this podcast. And it's a weird one that I didn't think we'd ever really discuss, but I found a great Twitter thread about it that I think is a really interesting topic to share. Um, so full credit to, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, Throg Fan on Twitter, who is a writer for The Hustle, um, who basically has given all these facts and these examples and everything and done all the research. So full credit to that. We'll leave a link to that below. Um but yes, it's all about how Netflix creates their thumbnails to optimize viewership and usage on their platform. How do they do it? So let me just load some facts at you straight away. So on average, users will browse Netflix for 90 seconds. And if they don't find something that they want to watch, they'll leave the app. That is the average that they found over the years. Um, and Netflix uh, recognizes this and values the 90 seconds that they get with the user, which is why they put in so much into those initial thumbnails that you see on the welcome screen. Um, in other words, they have to do everything they can to get people to stay on the platform and watch and stick around. Um, so a user will look at a thumbnail for, on average, 1.8 seconds and make a decision on when they wanna, whether they want to you know, find out more mm. about that show, watch a trailer, or start watching. Um humans can analyze an image in 13 milliseconds as well 
So analyze that and then take that process. robots. Take that robots. There you go. We're pretty quick. Um, and then thumbnail artwork is actually eighty-two percent of browsing time. So before anyone actually wants to read about a show, eighty-two percent of that time is spent just looking at the thumbnails. I mean, to be fair, I'd make a lot of my decisions on Netflix shows based on the quote-unquote cinematography. Like, yeah. I'll like I'll like hover over it and just see some of the stills that come up, and if I think that looks really, that looks really well shot, then I watch it. Yeah. Usually. Yeah. Yeah. So Netflix uses an elaborate thumbnail selection process for each of its 200 million plus users. The process is called aesthetic visual analysis, or AVA for short, which starts by pulling all the frames from a video. So for reference, Dan, if you could pull up the first image for me. Pull up. This is a still from Strange Things season one, I believe. Um, And this first one hour episode of Strange Things has 86,000 frames. So Netflix used this AVA system um, and it analyzes all of these different frames and it creates an image like this and it's got all this metadata. Um, so in a process known as frame annotation, each ind- individual frame is tagged with this met- metadata, identifying key variables such as saliency, frame number, brightness and contrast, nudity, uh, probability, uh, sorry, nudity probability, face and skin tone. So... These frames are then graded on these variables. Um, So visual, brightness, contrast, color, all of that, motion blur. Um, Contextual, so face detection. So as you can see in this example, we've got uh, the character 11, very bright, center frame, quite a nice contrast on the face, middle of frame. Um, And then the next step is called image ranking. So it then makes a choice and chooses the best thumbnails, and which is off their previous data which is the most likely to be clicked um so the biggest winning traits are expressive faces main characters and brightness this is just an example i'm not entirely sure if this frame is ranked number one um, that's how it works out it goes through all the frames and thinks that's going to be the most eye-catching frame yeah we'll use that as a thumbnail exactly oh my god that's brilliant yeah it's meant to how they've developed an algorithm that does that yeah so essentially every episode of every show and each film goes through this process so that they can find the most engaging and the best ranked image that they can then build a thumbnail around and is that person is that user specific so it's not what is on average the best Mm. is it what is the best in terms of the data that we have on you and your watch time and what you like to stop on 100 percent correct max that is insane so we'll get on to that um so, Dan, could you move on to the next image, please, mate? Thank you. So this is from uh, the show Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Um, so as you can see on the bottom right example, sorry for audio listeners, this is quite a visual section of the podcast. Um, but the bottom right image is the winning shot here because you've got two main characters with very expressive faces. And that's still just a frame from the show. Um but it's showing you two main characters and with the, uh, the expressive faces. I've got to be honest, that is my favourite thumbnail as well out of the six. That's the one that tempts me the most. There you really? go. Yeah. Why, why would you say that is? I don't know. I think the top left, the top three, I think, the top, so the f- one and two, obviously a bit more centered at feminine audiences, I'd say. Top right doesn't really tell me anything about what I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. Bottom left and bottom middle, again, for me, maybe not what I'm into, but then the bottom right is a bit like, who the fuck is Kimmy Schmidt? Yeah. How can I get more onto that, you know? <laughs> and it's like, what's happening? Why are they pulling those faces? Why is he, yeah, why are they pulling those faces? And why has he got those sick pink goggles on? Exactly. I need to know more. I will know more. I know more. There you go. Dan, if you could go on to the next image for me, please, mate. Um, so, interestingly, thumbnails that include villains or bad guy characters actually tend to outperform as well. Really? Yeah. So, in this example here, we've actually got two that I think were evenly matched so we've got two bad characters which yeah interestingly outperform which there there's not really any proven reason as to why that is but that's just because you think that they you'd, found you'd think toothless would perform the best right because he's sick i mean you'd think so but maybe this, this just sparks more intrigue and it's like oh my god why is this villain doing this yeah for example yeah Who knows? yeah 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 it's crazy because I think I I would be most likely to click on the bottom right one. I do you, think. Do you think as humans then we're more attracted to the evil side of things? Potentially, I guess it's more more story. It's more engaging to have something 
big happen because okay. then you want to see the revol- the resolution to that problem. Mm. For me, it's bottom middle. I right, seeing toothless in that position like that, ready to fuck some shit up. You know? <laughs> like he's about to pop some dragons up. Do you think pop it's also because up. like the ones that won there have a lot going on in them? Like the, there's just it just looks a bit chaotic. The bit top busy. middle looks like yeah. Dan, to be fair. <laughs> That's so hard. <laughs> Look at him. Dan, can you zoom in on that face a little bit? It's Dan at GWR. <laughs> facial hair there is yeah that's that nice. is pet it all over mate <laughs> dan can you can you uh do that beard next please thanking you <laughs> yeah. dan can you go on to the next image please mate thank you so this is um two thumbnails from orange is the new black season one and season two side by side and netflix have discovered that thumbnails with more than three people vastly underperform so mm. having fewer people in the frame actually do much better um i don't know if any of you have watched orange is the new black but for season two, they changed it up and they've gone with the main character, very bold in frame, taking up almost like a third of the entire image. And then you've got the big bold title right next to it. Um, so, yeah, I guess people really like to see main characters more than they do a whole cast. I guess I- more people on the thumbnail just looks more complicated, doesn't yeah. it? It's a bit more, oh, there's going to be a lot to understand here. But I- I'd say this one's quite interesting because I'd argue that in season one, you learn more about the show just from that image than in season two Mm. in season two say i don't know anything about this show she's just a woman with toilet paper around her hand but season one you can tell that she's in prison because of the color of her outfit and everyone around her wearing matching outfits and and the guard and all of that so again that's an interesting one would you say then that i mean i would argue that that is specifically why it underperforms because Mm. on that one i have to click on that for me to understand what's going on i have to what i have to watch it to see mm. what it's about and it's more have you ever had it when like yeah exactly have you ever had it when you start a show thinking oh, i probably won't like this and then you get really hooked on it yeah and then you just become addicted and then you tell all your mates that they've got to go and watch it as well mm. Poor but originally you thought it was gonna be rubbish yeah so i would say that the the second option where there's less information gives you enough to be like oh, i'll go and have a look at that have you seen orange is the new black joss uh i never watched the final season but i did watch most of it yeah what did that think of it i really enjoyed it Max, was a really good I show. enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I didn't watch. I can't remember what season I got up to. I got pretty far into it, but mm. I don't is think her character I a bit it. of a dick? A bit of a dick, yeah. 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 Isn't she dating um, Ross from Friends? I can't remember. I can't remember to be perfectly honest. What in the show she is? Yeah. Who's, a, who's oh, a, I didn't get that far. Who's, in. Oh no, it's Jimmy from American Pie, isn't it? At the start of the show. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay. Yeah, but then she is in prison, so. <laughs> Stuff happens. Yeah, stuff happens. <laughs> so one reason Netflix actually started using... <laughs> but then she's in prison. So. <laughs> so one reason Netflix started using all this technology and going through this process is because they found that artwork provided by the original studios just wasn't optimized enough for their platform. So I guess you look at maybe movie posters and things like that. It's just not what Netflix says. It's not optimized enough for their platform and how it works. Um on sorry i thought you were gonna say something i just think that the the whole machine learning and uh, ai and bitcoin and whatever is just ridiculous like mm. how they're able to create algorithms that can change the viewing experience based on the history of us is yeah. mental to me and it's mad that there's there's someone out there who's been able to code all of this yeah. to be like oh okay so Lighting here means good. (laughs) Lighting here means bad and all of that. Well, it's not even that anymore. It's code that self-learns that. It's code that writes code. I watched this thing um, the other day on YouTube. In fact, I don't know why I didn't put this into the topic. Anyway, um, this guy was saying how machine learning and AI is one of the most terrifying things and people need to like wake up. Mo Gordat from the Stephen Butler podcast. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was. Yeah. That's exactly S- what it scary was. Scary science or something, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And he said that what well, I can't remember the exact quote, but it was something like every single day before before within like an hour of waking up or something like that, you've interacted with something like twenty AIs that are all smarter than you are. Which is yeah. insane. It's gross, isn't and it? They're saying how like um very, very soon, if not already, AI will be something like a hundred times smarter than humans. Yeah. Something along those lines. Yeah. 
makes me feel sick. I think it was by 20, yeah, 2030, he said, like, there'll be an AI which is a thousand times smarter than the smartest human. And he said, they said the intelligence will get that high that quickly that we won't even be able to comprehend how much more intelligent they are. And it's then we have to make sure to AI that we are worth keeping around. Yeah, what was he said about like that? The on the average human is good. Yeah, like we need to te- like teach the AI that the majority of the human race is look out for each and, other. Yeah, good people. Yeah, because mm. like, on Twitter and stuff like that, it's, it's all the bad, full of bad stuff. But obviously, AI will only learn from what it sees online on online. social media. Yeah. So it says he says in the books that like good people need to rise up more and stand up for what they believe in and to have more of a voice rather than just like wiping the hands of it and not wanting to get involved, which yeah. I think is, is is the true case, isn't it? Yeah. Most people Very have true. arguments online are people who are stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Hot take. Amen. <laughs> um so the most interesting part about all of this Netflix thumbnail stuff that you mentioned Max is how Netflix then uses all of this data from the show alone and it then uses it against your recent watch history and what you're interested in so exactly what you said where it's then applying all of that data to you and optimizing it even further so yeah each individual thumbnail was optimized for you so dan could you uh, go to the next example please so this is an example for goodwill hunting so the top row is rom-com watchers so Rom-com watchers, so you've got Eternal Spot, uh, Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, and then while you're sleeping, that then gives you a date scenario. So it's saying, oh, you like watching this thing where there's a romantic relationship going on, you're going to like this thumbnail because you're seeing a date and this interaction between two people. Whereas comedy fans, so Zoolander and then Anger Management, oh, that will then outpit Robin Williams because obviously he's a was a great uh, comedy actor. So it's then using those different formulas from what you've watched and then applying it to new thumbnails which is insane um could you go to the next one please dan uh here's another example for pulp fiction paycheck um again so uma thurman fans will get the top thumbnail because it's uma thurman and john travolta fans will get the bottom one i've never seen the bottom one no exactly which is interesting, isn't it? Yeah. And I wonder if there's also... It does, doesn't say in this Twitter thread annoyingly, but I wonder if there's um, a trend maybe with male and female audiences. Is a male more likely to click on that photo of Uma Thurman because of how she's posing, for example? Yeah, definitely. Um, so do you think dynamic dynamic thumbnails are coming in then? I'd say so. And we're going to have the option soon. For like, oh, choose a thumbnail for your audience. I've definitely noticed it in the past, and I don't know if you have as well, where... I've seen a show or a film be recommended to me once and then it's been rec- recommended to me again and it's been a different thumbnail. Yeah. Have you ever had that? I've had that. Yeah. I've gone like, oh, that looks cool. I haven't seen that before. And it's a completely different shot. I'm like, oh, I saw like, that was recommended to me like last week. Yeah. It's a completely different shot. And now I like the look of it. Exactly. Which Scary. is insane. Anything to keep me on the platform? Do you think that YouTube would implement this? I want them to. Yeah. Because... At the minute, YouTube's auto-generated thumbnails are absolutely trash. Yeah. They are terrible. Yeah. Um, it just pulls a random frame from the video, and it gives. they need to have kind of tools built into YouTube, I think, where you can upload, then just do some basic photo editing in mm-hmm. the platform and optimize it. Yeah. I guess YouTube's maybe even gone a step ahead, and the point now is people have to kind of craft their own thumbnails yeah, and yeah. take specific photos and have you know everything going on for it to work well and it can't just be a frame from the video yes necessarily Mm. um but yes have you found i don't know about you guys but i've found that i will often go through my netflix decide that there's nothing that i want to watch so switch to another user's netflix i.e you know my dad's Mm. section or my girlfriend's section or something like that and see what they are recommended yeah and see like what access they have because i'm sure like everyone has the same access to stuff well obviously region specific Mm. um but do yeah do you guys go to other people's accounts to find new stuff i've never thought to do that just i've never had that idea but i will do that now probably i used to have like the uh, vpn thing where you could change your vpn to a country i used to change it to the the states so i get american content on netflix but don't do that anymore because it's illegal so that's yeah. illegal don't it's touch that illegal. anymore so yeah 
Nice. That is the Netflix topic for you. Thank you, Joss. That's been a great tech scheme podcast. Tech scheme. Sorry, <laughs> a great tech <laughs> podcast this week. Uh, if you cool. liked it, let us know. If you didn't like it, don't let us know. Thank you, everyone, and good night, Jim. Okay. See you next time. In the Tesla. Yeah, baby. <laughs> it did it. It's Tesla. In the Tesla.